This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Daryl Amy. Daryl is a growth architect helping companies grow revenue faster. He's the author of the bestseller, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Accelerate Growth. He hosts the Revenue Growth Podcast. He is also on the Forbes Business Council and is a C-Suite Network Advisor. Thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, the uh, journey of my career started straight out of university. I got a job in sales. I thought, you know, this will be great. I'll have a couple years in sales and then I can go to law school and, and head on with a normal career. What ended up happening is two things. First of all, I ended up uh, falling in love with sales. I was making more money than my friends that were graduating from law school. And it set me on this journey of sales, sales management, uh, and then developing salespeople. About halfway into that journey, um, I started a company doing sales training. And my very first client for sales training came to me, this would be about 17 or 18 years ago, Roman, he came to me and he said, hey, everything you taught my sales team is fantastic, uh, but my website doesn't say anything about it. Do you build websites? And so being my first client in that new business, the answer was, yes, sir, we build websites. I took my marketing degree uh, from undergrad and dusted it off. And we began this journey, which has been very interesting, one foot in the sales world, one foot in this whole digital marketing world with web, search, social, inbound marketing, account-based marketing, and all the cool tools around that. So the journey has been a lot of fun. Over that, uh, over that time, which has now spanned three decades, I've been able to uh, be involved in sales, mostly in business-to-business sales, working with uh, companies as large as the Fortune 50, all the way down to um, fantastic locally owned businesses, and at the same time, been involved with marketing initiatives in companies of, of those sizes as well. And it's, I think, it's been very interesting having the perspective of both sales and marketing, uh, which is sometimes rare in today's world of uh, silos and kingdoms. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm coming from a marketing background, uh, you know, several director roles on the agency side, founding my own agency. So I know kind of the pain points in terms of working with salespeople in terms of kind of the expectations. They might not even understand what they're selling as a solution or, you know, what the what a package is, just, you know, trying to get a commission. So I feel it's very important from obviously my point of view and like you mentioned, where sales and marketing align, then marketing can work out a lot better for that client and sales can actually do a better job selling the client what they actually need and then upsell them because they had a positive experience with that process. You're absolutely right. And, you know, all of this journey led me to actually write a book, which was published earlier this year, Revenue Growth Engine, How to Align Sales and Marketing to Accelerate Growth. And 
my experience had been exactly what you were saying. And so many times um, it was like a vehicle that was out of alignment. You know, we've all driven our cars that are out of alignment and one thing's pulling to the left, you know, sometimes it's pulling to the right. Um, and when your company is like that, when sales and marketing are out of alignment, it really is not only frustrating, it's also, uh, it, it limits growth. It limits your ability to accelerate. And so we began to realize, and, and the heart behind the book was, what is it, what is it, what do we need to do? What is it that we're missing when it comes to getting sales and marketing pointed in the same direction, aimed at the same goals and working together to grow revenue? which is the ultimate goal, right? At the end of the day, um, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in sales, whether you own a company with both of those functions, the goal at the end of the day is to grow revenue. And that was my, that was my light bulb moment. That was my wake up call. I was actually getting ready to speak. Uh, I do a lot of, a lot of speaking at conferences and I was speaking at this one conference and it was an interesting audience because that the theme was growth. All of all of the attendees, it was a mixed mixed bag. Some were marketing people, some were sales leaders, and I remember walking in the room and I could see the marketing people. They were all really really excited about the latest marketing technologies and strategies and gadgets. And by the way, I'm a nerd. I get excited about all that stuff as well. Um, I could see, you could tell who the sales leaders were because they were kind of sitting back with their arms folded, usually towards the back half of the room. And most of the sales leaders, I could, if there were thought bubbles over their heads, they would say things like, this is ridiculous. These leads are garbage. We could be selling something right now. Why are we in this room? And I remember at the back of the room, the owners, there were some business owners at the back of the room drinking their coffee. And you could just tell what was running through their heads going, why can't y'all get along? Why can't, why can't we work together? Why, isn't, why is this so hard? And what I came to realize at that moment that was that this is not about marketing as much as I love marketing. It's not about sales as much as I enjoy uh, sales and sales development. What it's really about is growing revenue. And at the end of the day, what we're aiming towards is growing revenue. And a lot of good things happen when revenue is growing and a lot of bad things happen when revenue is not. And, you know, at the end of the day, we need to align our efforts around growing revenue. And so I think that, um, first of all, that, that awakening inside the company is, you know, it's not sales, it's not marketing, it's revenue growth. And sales and marketing are two sides of the same coin, if you will. There are two things that are aimed at that ultimate goal of growing revenue. Yep. And when they're aligned, they can actually help each other a lot better, like I said, and, and different things like that salespeople don't come into play. Things that I've provided, I've had people provide or, okay, so you have analytics, let's say Google Analytics. You also have a CRM. So when a uh, salesperson goes in, he needs some kind of ammunition to understand what someone is looking for. So if you're understanding at this point, because the user data and the individual user is blocked, let's say with HubSpot, you know at least what company they're coming from. So if you reverse engineer it and understand what people were looking for in terms of the type of content from that company at that given time, you can you know, paint or draw a conversation around that and really seem and, and not seem, but you are kind of 
coming into play what people are actually looking for on your website or what the need state is. So a salesperson may just go in and try to sell, but if they're working with the marketing team, things like that, those insights can be provided to either help closing a prospect or upsell or, you know, win a, you know, RFP if you're in a bidding process for a contract as well. You're absolutely right. And, you know, when it comes to landing a deal, Intel, the intelligence we have, the the insight we have on that prospect is, uh, and, and on our current clients, by the way, is incredibly, incredibly helpful. And in so many comf- companies, since sales and marketing are just kind of two separate siloed departments, it's shocking to, to me and probably not to you, but, I, you know, how many companies you go into and the sales and marketing are, you know, infrastructure is not even wired together. If they've got a, you know, they've got a marketing automation system standing on its own, they've got a CRM standing on its own, but they're not even talking to each other. And, and you know, at, at a base level, getting the infrastructure in place to make sure that uh, the sales and marketing, they're either all on the same platform or those those platforms are tightly communicated. It's a it's a quick way to get uh, to lay the foundation for sales and marketing alignment. And, and if your company doesn't have your CRM or your sales enablement tools connected to your marketing tools, so that you can share that intel, that's definitely something you want to get done right away. That's low hanging fruit for sure. Yep, and telling a complete story. So once obviously a lead comes in, what actually happens with it? At what point it gets passed to a salesperson? And at that point, somebody's responsible to process it, add additional information in the CRM. If you have NetSuite connected to a CRM or whatever your documentation process, your you know your result or how you uh, go towards a situation is only as good as the story you have, or like you mentioned, the facts and the data. So if there's no process like sales documenting when finally a new client, you know, a prospect becomes a client and how that actually happened, and then basically pointing back to what, you know, traffic source caused that, if it was an assisted conversion, if you don't have that information, you can't really kind of double down on the marketing side as well. Yeah, and you know, all of this um, on this journey with with sales and marketing alignment, I was talking earlier about that conference, sharing the story about the realization that it's all about revenue growth. When it comes to alignment, though, the question is, what's the f- the fastest way to grow revenue? And, and there's two things that, that came into play. Number one, if you boil it all down, there's only two ways to grow your company. Uh, it's really actually kind of simple. At the most basic level, we either get net new clients, we add new logos, we bring new customers on board, or we cross-sell more to our current clients. And so what's interesting about that is I go into companies and we are doing revenue growth workshops, helping companies put together plans uh, for growth. What we find is companies are usually good at one or the other. They're either really good at going out and they got a killer sales force that goes out and lands the new deals and moves on to the next one. They're great at net new. Uh, however, they might not be good at cross-sell. Uh, on the other side of the coin, you find some companies that are fantastic at managing their client base and cross-selling, going deep and wide inside their client base. But it's been a long time since they've had a consistent stream of net new business. 
So here's what I noticed. I went, was working with a client in South Florida. And by the way, if you have a business in South Florida and uh, you are looking to grow your company, February, we have some openings for, uh, for revenue growth workshops. Uh, I kind of say that tongue in cheek, but it, actually we're doing all of those virtually now. So I guess scratch that. We'll help you out whenever you want. Although a trip to South Beach is always nice. So we're in this company, I digress, in South Florida. And uh, we go in, we're all seated there, the owner, the VP of sales, the marketing, some of their tech people are in the room. We're there to talk about growing revenue. And like any good meeting at the beginning, I said, what are your goals? What are your goals? And they said, we need, Daryl, we need more net new business. We got to grow this company. We need, need more net new. And so I said, fantastic. I'm just curious, you know, what's your goal currently for net new business? And they said, well, we have reasonable goal of growing 10% year over year in, in our net new business. I said, fantastic. What did you do last year? I'm just curious. We did 9.8%. <laughs> so I, I started laughing and I said, well, well, why am I here? Y'all should write a book on this. You hit your goal. And I said, well, let's talk about cross-sell. And it just so happened this company had launched a whole new initiative of services that were a great fit for their current clients. They'd spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in personnel and training, technology partners. And I said, well, what about this new initiative to cross-sell more to your current clients? And everybody's eyes started rolling. And they went, oh, Daryl, <laughs> we've struggled so much in this area. Well, there was an example of a company that was great at net new, but was struggling at cross-sell. Here's what I noticed. When you pull a spreadsheet out, and I'm not going to kill anyone with a spreadsheet today on, on a podcast, but if you look at your number of customers and you apply a reasonable growth to net new business and simultaneously show reasonable growth in your revenue per customer, cross-sell revenue, a company that grows, say, 12 13% per year in each one of those areas will double their revenue in about 36 months. I call it the law of exponential growth. And when we can get net new and cross-sell going at the same time, that's where things get really exciting and companies can grow. And Roman, right now, we're having a lot of conversations with organizations that have taken a pretty big step back in revenue just because of the pandemic and the economic challenges right now. And everyone, you know, we're having a lot of conversations going, how are we going to grow? How are we going to accelerate out of the ditch? And the answer is, don't just look at total revenue, look one level down and go, what could we do to drive net new? And what could we do to cross sell more to our current clients? And when that happens, now we get sales and marketing focused on those two things, more clients, more to our current clients. And now we can have conversations and begin to put processes and systems in place to drive those two things so we can grow the company faster, accelerate growth. Yeah, I agree. I think those two need to um, to align, like you said, for kind of true success and, and exponential growth. Yeah, and the other thing we noticed uh, an alignment, and you know, people get involved in all these conversations now about sales and marketing alignment. And actually, it's kind of funny because you can tell the perspective whether they call it sales and marketing alignment or marketing and sales alignment. Uh, you know, one wants the other to get in line with them. Um, I noticed recently when I, uh, here's the key to alignment, I believe. It's not sales, it's not marketing. It has to do with uh, what you're focused on. I took my car in recently to get aligned because it was kind of pulling to one side. And I noticed what happened in the alignment shop is they put your car up on the rack 
and they got these lasers, but they're focused on one point on the wall at the back of the shop. And what I realized was with sales and marketing, the key to alignment wasn't sales or marketing. The key was what are you focused on? And the thing that we want to focus on is what I call in the book, ideal clients. And I define an ideal client as a client that's a best fit for your organization because they are able to buy everything that you sell. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies have a primary product or service offering, and then they have, you know, several additional products and services that have kind of evolved over the years or come online. An ideal client is somebody that has the potential to buy everything that you sell. And so what we notice about ideal clients and also in, in our revenue growth workshop, um, I was working this past week with a really cool company that uh, helps organizations um, develop e-commerce and, and promote the products on Amazon. And so we started talking about their ideal client. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of products on Amazon um, and thousands and thousands and thousands of companies that, that would be potential clients for this particular uh, company to help out. But the reality was there was an ideal client. There was a type of client that had the, uh, the potential to buy everything that, uh, that this, this provider offered. And we started to look and we said, okay, well, let's look at this ideal client that you just defined. And let's add up if they were to buy everything that you offer over the next 10 years. In other words, if you were able to cross sell them into all of your products and services and you were able to keep them happy, which since they're an ideal client, they're a good fit. They're easier to keep happy and, and keep on board. We added it up and the um, average annual value of an ideal client was $174,000. Then we looked and said, well, what about your bread and butter clients? You know, just that average up and down the street, you know, run of the mill client. Well, the average value of that client was in the high 20s. So if you want to accelerate growth, where do you focus? I say focus on understanding who your ideal clients are. It narrows the playing field, gets you focused in. And now marketing and sales know, just like your car at the shop, that point on the wall is that ideal client. It's the ideal client that has the potential to buy everything that you offer and is a good fit with your organization. And, and one of the best things you can do, I believe, to get sales and marketing aligned is sit down in the room together and begin having that conversation about, you know, who is our ideal client? And in Revenue Growth Engine, we give a framework to do that. And, uh, you know, I get pulled into these conversations all the time. Out of that, we've even distilled down some uh, frameworks for determining who your ideal client is. And uh, by the way, if you'd like that framework, just text the word uh, revenue to 21,000 um, and we'll send that through revenue to 21,000. Uh, but it, it is, I think right now, it's really important that companies get clear on their goals and they also get very clear on who their ideal clients are. And those two things are really what I believe are the foundation for marketing and sales alignment. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? I know those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Oh, I absolutely love that question. That's my, that's my favorite question of all questions. I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, start with why. And so 
I believe uh, my why has little to do with sales or marketing, actually has to do with the nonprofits that I'm involved in. I sit on the board of several nonprofits right now, and um, I've noticed two things. First of all, nonprofits are struggling right now. This is a rough time, right? Obviously, um, income has gone down and, and people are, are struggling. The other th- and, and nonprofits are solving problems, but we have a lot of problems in our society right now, but nonprofits are addressing them. Who moves the needle for nonprofits? Generous, forward-thinking business leaders. And so my motivation, what gets me out of bed in the morning, it gets me all fired up, is, uh, and my personal mission is to help great businesses grow. And by great, I mean businesses that are giving back to their community and also creating a corporate culture with meaningful work and great jobs. And uh, my personal goal, and it's actually in the front of Revenue Growth Engine, is to help 10,000 great businesses double their revenue so that we can affect $10 billion a year in net new giving and generate millions of jobs along the way. And all of this is possible when we grow. And that's what, that's what gets me excited. I love marketing. I love sales. I'm a nerd in both of those areas. But when a business grows and when a great business grows, a lot of people benefit And Roman, that's what gets me fired up right now is saying, especially in our environment where so many businesses are facing so many challenges when it comes to to growth or maybe even having to dig out of a ditch where they've gone backwards. You know, right now it's time to be strategic on the C-suite network that I'm a part of. We say that right now is the time to drive and thrive. And so this is, you know, this is a time where I believe it's really, really critical for business leaders, whether you're in marketing, sales, um, own a company, wherever you are in business right now, I personally believe that it's going to be sales and marketing professionals working hard and working together, that that's going to be the motion that's going to pull um, our country, really the world right now forward out of this pandemic into a successful future. So, Yes, that gets me fired up. And I believe that, that what we're doing right now with sales and marketing, you know, are the, is the technology important? Yeah. Is the, you know, tactic, are the tactics important? Yes. The message, all of that. But at the end of the day, the real result is revenue growth. And the result of revenue growth is growth in our societies and growth in our families and growth in our nonprofits. And we need it desperately. So I am... Everywhere I go, I'm saying to my friends in sales and marketing, let's dig in, let's work hard, let's get strategic, and let's get creative, and let's drive some growth. Yeah, I agree. And I think, obviously, your motivation is the nonprofit side. And then in general, obviously, you're helping businesses grow, get back on their feet, scale, and in turn, providing for the employees of those businesses, you know, helping them help their families, and then obviously creating additional jobs. Because naturally, if a company is scaling and growing, they're usually hiring to, to meet that demand as well. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you, you asked earlier the question how how that's evolved. I think when I got out of uh, out of college, got into sales, I wanted to make as much money as quickly as I could, and sales, you know, afforded me that opportunity. And I'm very thankful for that. I really am grateful for that. But I think as I've matured in my career and evolved, what I've realized is 
in some ways, while sales is, uh, <laughs> we look at the data of co-host the Selling for the Heart podcast, we're always looking at the trust data, right? And we're in a political season right now and salespeople and politicians are usually neck and neck for the lowest spot on the trust index, right? Um, and so sometimes there's there's a mindset that, ah, salespeople, they're just out to out for themselves and all of that. And while that may be true in some cases, the reality is there are a lot of amazing salespeople. We meet them in the Selling from the Heart Network. But not only that, salespeople, and I tell salespeople this whenever I get the opportunity, you are the ones, the efforts you put forward, the, um, the work you do, the uh, effort you put to improve yourself. When you land a deal, you don't just land a commission check. All the way back to, you know, if you sell a product, that person in the factory that's assembling that product, the person that's designing that product, uh, the person that's delivering the product, the person that's answering the phone, all of those people have jobs. All of those people have gifts under the tree in the holiday season. They all have food on the table because some salesperson got up, made a call, did something and got out there. And the same thing is true for marketing. You know, sometimes, well, marketing, you know, we, what's marketing? We're designing things and creating campaigns. And all. No, marketing, you know, you should hold your head high because the jobs that are created, when you walk in the door of your business or nowadays, when you log into the Zoom call for your company team meeting, uh, the reality is none of those jobs exist if their revenue isn't coming in the door. And so the work that you're doing in marketing and the work that you're doing in sales is noble, it's good, it's necessary, and it is like you should, you should walk in with your head held high because the reality is as we dig deep, as we drive and thrive, as our companies grow, um, that creates opportunity. And, you know, if you know, not to be negative on this, but if we don't grow, um, you know, and, and if we're not bringing in new business, you know, things aren't aren't very uh, happy in our organization. So I just want to I just want to encourage everybody that's in marketing or sales, the two sides of the coin that are driving revenue, that I know you're working hard right now. I know that the last, you know, season of pivoting and repivoting and trying to figure things out and trying to make calls on people who aren't in their offices and uh, have limited budgets, all of that. I know it has been incredibly, incredibly challenging over the last season, but I want to encourage you to keep at it. Keep working, keep driving, keep being creative, keep being strategic, because right now you are the ones that are creating the opportunities for the future. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. I think it has to do with what we're talking about right now. I, I think I began my career very um, focused on myself and uh, what kind of results I could drive for me and my family. And, and um you know, I did well, um, and I'm grateful for that. But I think if I were to start over again, um, I'd lift my eyes up and look around. Um, and I would be, you know, at salespeople, it's, it's sales is a tough job. I think that 
with the level of rejection and challenges out there, sometimes you just kind of hunker down and you just self-isolate and just go, you just start driving forward. If I did it over again, um, I would be uh, more uh, focused on other people than I, than I was back then. And I would be more, um, more generous, uh, more thankful for the people that, uh, for both my clients, coworkers, all, all of the people around me. And I think, you know, salespeople, that's a really big, uh, challenge. It's a big temptation to get self-focused, even just out of self-protection. Uh, but you know, at a minimum, just, you know, start looking around and, and saying, thank you. Uh, because at the end of the day, and this goes back to sales and marketing alignment, there's nobody that can pull this off by themselves. It does take a team. It does take, um, it does take both marketing and sales working together in today's environment to be able to drive success. So, um, yeah, if you salespeople in particular, don't be so self-focused, lift your head up. That was a, a big lesson for me. And I've made some huge shifts in that in the last decade. Yeah, I think gratitude is important. And then, like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way in my 20s, kind of chasing, you know, titles, promotions, that kind of thing. And then you have a mind, well, not everyone, but like you had a mindset shift, I had a mindset shift. And it's also through all those experiences, you build a emotional IQ and emotional em- empathy. So then you can obviously appreciate things better, know where people are coming from. And the sooner you get that, hopefully the better, because you can really understand people where they're coming from and in the sales or marketing role. I think that communication is the most important uh, soft skill that you can have. Uh, I so agree. And I think EQ right now, you know, if you're looking for a way to develop personally, um, start going down the emotional intelligence or EQ road um, in sales. There's some great literature there uh, by my friend Jeb Blunt. Um, that sales EQ, great. And there's all kinds of great literature to really help you understand. And this is this working together, you know, it, I came from, uh, I'm squarely in the Gen X world, right? Uh, I'm knocking on five decades here of life. And um, I think I came from a mindset, like was saying, of, you know, I'm just going to work by myself. The reality is nowadays, in today's world, that does not work both on the, on the side of, of the seller, your company, you've got to work as a team and buyers. Uh, I got to talk to Matt Dixon from the challenger customer on the revenue growth podcast a couple months back. And, you know, their research shows that they're an average of 6.7 decision makers involved in a B2B transaction. So this idea of, I can do this all on my own, it's yesterday's thinking. It's just not not reality. We've got to work together. And EQ is a great path to go down to develop yourself in that area. Yep, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Uh, personal. Let's do personal. That would be fun. I, I've, I've got so many different thoughts firing off right here, right now. Um, and, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier uh, with Simon Sinek, start with why. Um, I think it's really, really important. It's, it's hard right now. Um, so, you know, it's, it, not, things aren't coming easy right now for most of us in the business world. You know, we've had the challenges of uh, the pandemic, the economy, it's all just shifts and pivots and changes. And, um, you know, budgets are, are not as loose as they were before. And, 
and it, 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 it can be challenging some days to, to, to move forward at the speed that we need to, and um, you need motivation. So you asked me earlier, you know, what my motivation, what my purpose was. I think it's really critical for us to take some time right now and, uh, and, and really ask the question, what is my why? What's my purpose as an individual? You know, your company probably has a mission statement and values and, and all of that, which is fantastic. But what about you? You know, what, what is your purpose? Um, what is your reason for being? What are your values? What gets you fired up? And I think going on that journey of connecting with that has been, I've done that over the last decade now. It's been profound in terms of how I see the world um, and how I see the things that I do in business right now. They're all um, directed and shaped uh, by that, um, that purpose and the values behind them. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think it's important to infuse your values and who you are if you have a company into the values of your company, because when they align certain conflicts of interest and gray areas are a lot easy to easily to maneuver if those core values are kind of entrenched in who you are and vice versa, the company that you, you know, you run. Not without a doubt. And we get um, our agency uh, is called Convergo and we work with companies that uh, use the entrepreneurial operating system. It's a, a operations model used by about a hundred thousand companies. But what's um, what's cool about these companies is they've all gone through the process of thinking about their values. And this, you know, on one level, it's just sounds like another corporate exercise from an episode of the office, right? We're going to get some values, but if you really take it seriously and you go, okay, what are the values of our company? It does so much for, I'll just say the decisions you're going to make, what markets you're going to go into, who you're going to hire. But if you do it right too, and it comes down to sales and marketing now, the message that you communicate with the market becomes infused with the values of your organization. And to me, knowing that as an individual and then knowing that as a company, those guiding principles, um, you know, they almost, they almost become like, um, like a lighthouse. Um, lighthouses are set up so that when things get foggy and stormy, ships know where to go or where not to go. And uh, right now, I think, you know, things are a little bit foggy and stormy inside a lot of industries and a lot of organizations. Um, when you get crystallized on those values, it's really going to help you make sure you're steering things uh, toward a profitable and successful future. So it's not all warm and fuzzy and it doesn't have to be um, corporate cheesy, you know, whatever stuff from an office episode. It, 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 it values uh, for an organization and individuals are in some ways, I think they're the ball game, Roman. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Earlier, I talked about some resources. You can text the word revenue to 21,000, and that'll take you to our website, revenuegrowthengine.net, uh, where you can find uh, how to get a hold of me. Uh, you can also find all kinds of resources there. And I'd love to connect with you on social as well. 
there aren't that many guys out there named Daryl Amy. So if you type Daryl Amy into Facebook or LinkedIn, you'll probably find me right away with uh, Revenue Growth Engine. And I'd love to learn more about your values and your goals as an organization. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. My pleasure. Thanks for all you're doing on the podcast, Roman. It's awesome. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.